Hello, my name is Dylan C, and welcome to episode 20 of the Night Reader Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm happy to present to you the fifth edition of your favorite reads. Episodes where I speak with readers from around the world about books that have influenced them to physical action in their lives. I also share a personal written piece of inspiration for you all, and we have special guests today from the Get Lit podcast. Us literary pods really got to stick together. I invite you to listen to my prior episodes where I share so much wonderful inspiration, original poetry, voices, music, book recommendations, and inspiring stories of what books have done for people's lives. I'm so deeply inspired by the written word and what it can do for our human lives. It excites me like nothing else in the world. Now, as I mentioned, I connected with two wonderful hosts named Steph and John. And I need to be honest with everyone here. It's been a long time overdue. To the absolute max. We first connected, and I was sent this wonderful voice clip about a year ago. And I'm deeply sorry it took so long for me to implement this episode. But things have been quite difficult since I announced early this year that my schedule would be back to weekly episodes. With all of my life, from making ends meet to educating my children from home and keeping my sanity and still working towards my long-term goals, it's been an absolute animal house. I really have no true excuses, but please, my honest listeners, bear with me and stick around. I promise you that this journey is worth it. To Steph and John, I'm so sorry it's been such a huge gap. Enough apologizing, though. It's time to talk about their show. The Get Lit Podcast is a sweet podcast with two hosts who educate us about the lives of authors past. I'm incredibly interested in the lives of authors as I'm deeply inspired by a select few, and I always learn so much when I listen to their show. Not only that, but they're wonderfully kind, down-to-earth, smart, and loving people. You can feel the warmth in their voices, and their love for literature really rubs off on the listeners. They really understand and get literature, and they help others learn about it too. They were kind enough to mention me in their episode about Herman Melville. I wanted to hear from John and Steph directly about books that inspired their show and their lives directly. So we will hear from them, get a small taste of their show, and get some great insights into how moving books can be in their lives. So without further ado... Here is Steph and John of the Get Lit Podcast. Hi Dylan, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Um, We are having so much fun kind of connecting with you and hearing about your journey um, and really kind of enjoying the work that you're doing. It's really amazing and I I hope it's inspiring others the same way that it's inspiring us. Um, So we thought we would answer your questions. Feel free in whatever context or capacity to use parts of these, the whole things, whatever you want. Um, We're not picky or we get it. We yeah. get what it means to edit a podcast. Chop it into well, pieces if you I need do. to. Oh, well, that's true. I don't <laughs> do any of the work. Okay. Um, so the first question that you asked, what was the first book that you remember reading that opened your eyes and sparked your love for reading? Um, so I guess when I was a very little girl, the first book that really inspired me and got me excited was a picture book called Miss Rumpheus. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I called it The Lupine Lady because she was the lupine lady. 
Um, that was like her character in the book. Um, and so I think the combination of the pictures and the illustrations, what was what really excited me about the text is that language could come alive and inspire something beyond the page because um, the message of the book is that you should go out and make the world a better place. And I think prior to that, literature was very much separate from the world for me. Um, but after reading this book, which now I have, you know, I read it all the time. I actually read it in my classes. Um, I think it really inspired me to understand literature as something that could come off the page and into life as well. Um, but then I think the thing that made me a serious reader was Harry Potter. Um, I was totally addicted. They started coming out when I was in first grade and I picked them up in third grade and have been <laughs> reading them ever since. Nice. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the book that makes literature come into the world as you understand it as a young person. And, and for me, that actually happened through my mom. So the first books that I read were actually with my mom. And even up until I was a senior in high school, my mom, my brother and I would all gather on the bed and she would read books out loud. And like, I know Stephanie's giggling, but like, <laughs> it was truly like just part of our nightly routine. And it, that's how I learned to like really like books. As far as an individual title, um, I mean, Harry Potter really was like one of the defining books of our generation. Great. I totally agree with that. Um, and I think kind of moving to the next idea, like on that note, um, other books and things that influenced us. So when I um, started like collecting a library, I made a shelf full of like favorites. So books that I would pick up, kind of like when you rewatch a movie over and over, like a book that I would read over and over. Um, and to this day, I still have that favorite bookshelf and, the, and mostly things stay on there, but and they get added. Um, so Harry Potter is obviously on that shelf. I think actually one of the interesting things that I'd like to talk about in terms of literature is a book called The May Trees by Annie Dillard. And I picked this book up, um, I think just after I graduated high school. And I read it because I liked Annie Dillard, but then I hated the book. Hmm. It didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. The character was like, it has kind of a really bittersweet ending and I didn't love it, and but I kept it. And for some reason, I was like called a couple years later back to the book, and I reread it. Interesting. And something clicked, and now it's on that favorite bookshelf. Um, so I think that's a cool anecdote um, about how, depending on how old you are when you read a book, it can have different meanings, and you know, um, one of the other books that I think was really important to me is called The Kissing Hand. Um, and it's a really popular children's book. It's about a little raccoon named Chester um, <laughs> and his relationship with his mom, Raccoon, when he goes off to school for the first time. But my mom used to read that to me growing up. And then she had to go to the hospital um, after she had a surgery. And I brought the book to the hospital and I read it to her. And so I think that, again, sort of shows the, the community that's created around literature and how I read that book as a young child. And then as an adult, you know, this was only a couple of years ago, I brought back that same book that had those memories and that connection. And I, I read it with her and it meant something totally different. 
That's a beautiful answer, Stephanie. Thanks. <laughs> I was just appreciating it. Mine's not nearly <laughs> as uh, poetic, but uh, for me, the the books that were influential uh, in my life are the books that were written by Vonnegut. I've talked about it uh, on the Get Lit podcast that he's my favorite author. We're on a first name basis, so I like the frankness and the belief in the, you know, just basic human kindness. And I just like that he can see the world both through that lens and the lens of a dark humorist and, and still come to some understanding that makes you think that this world is just more up for grabs than it is. And uh, it's sort of just, it makes you have a little bit more confidence in yourself, I think. I think that's fair. I think that's perfectly fine. Says someone who's never read one of his novels. But I've read his short stories. They are very good. And yes. Um, Yeah. So hopefully that was like a little glimpse into the literature that shaped us. And um, we're really looking forward to hear what else you do, Dylan, with your work. Um, So let us know if you need anything else. It was really fun to sort of talk about this uh, and put this together for you. So hopefully it did what you want it to do. Um, And if not, let us know. We're happy to make concessions and re-record. Um, So yeah, thank you again so much for reaching out and we look forward to working with you in the future. Thanks, Dylan. Good luck. Language can come alive. Illustrations. Steph learned at a young age that messages can expand beyond the page and inspired her to go out and make the world a better place. This is just remarkable. That's a huge realization, especially at such a young age. As far as Harry Potter, I'm right there with you guys. I'm a huge fan and started reading them at a young age. They have definitely had an effect on my personality, as I remember looking up to Harry's bravery. Steph mentioned that she disliked the book, May Trees, at first. I'm moved by this because, what is it that called you back? Clearly something in Steph's subconscious mind knew there was something there for her. I find myself feeling very similar with one of my favorites, Moby Dick. That should go into set, but still. I have this paperback, the one I'm pictured with. I've had it for many years, and I was clearing out my van to sell it, and I found the book buried in my trunk amongst other knickknacks. It almost fell into a junk pile. I yanked it out, and my interest peaked. Safe to say I'm very thankful that I picked that book up again. Without trying to sound too subliminal, Do we truly find inspiration, or does it find us? Whatever the vehicle may be, a book, a movie, a person, music, art. Thank you guys so much for bringing this to our attention. I don't want to impede too much upon your guys' opinions and what you've said, so I'll let it speak for itself. Let you guys speak for yourselves. Um, But I thank you so very much for sharing that with me and taking the time to do that. Their podcast is really fantastic, so please check it out. Follow them on Instagram and support them in any way that you can. And let them know that you heard them on Night Reader Podcast, if you you can. Appreciate it, guys. And Stefan John, thanks so much. I hope one day that we can meet and uh, talk books in person. That would be really, really cool. Now, as with proper Your Favorite Reads fashion, I'm going to share a personal piece that I've written for my listeners. I'm truly humbled that my writings are heard worldwide. I cannot wait to publish my first collection. 
It's difficult sometimes to wear my heart on my sleeve for all to see, but it's incredibly liberating and sublime to me. The writings I have shared with you all range from villanelle poems to inspirational pieces of personal experiences of loss, growth, hardships, beauty of life and love, parenting, friendship, spirituality, and so much more. My heart is full of hope to inspire many, especially youth, to approach their art with no holds barred. And so this is a short piece of inspiration and motivation for you. Whatever you're feeling inside, and whatever creation within you is dying to break out, but held in due to self-set stigmas of failure and living up to the art created prior, I want you to create, because I know you have something beautiful inside of you. Here is my short piece of inspiration that is untitled. My deepest hope is to inspire many of all ages to get past their apprehensions. I have tried and failed in so many aspects of my life. I have struggled and I have fallen, and I have climbed and prevailed. These ups and downs in life can leave us aching and tired. I want you to know, and this is something that I have spoken of in prior episodes, I'm here for you. I'm here to be that voice that tells you there's something to live for. There's something great within all of us. It just sometimes needs to be refined and polished. How can any beautiful gem be born beautiful? It takes years and years of failed fractures and splintering, being stuck between a literal rock and a hard place, being swallowed by earth and mud, and grinded till you were raw. But that raw state, that's when we shine our brightest, especially if we can live on through the pressing times. I can see your light shining from afar, and I can feel the warmth of your soul on my blushed skin. I know who you are, and I'd gladly reach my hand out to you. I, I have a past that is deeper than many would guess. It's something I haven't spoken about too publicly. But there may be a time when I decide to reveal that side of me because it is integral to who I am today. But until then, if there is something you are struggling with, abuse, self-abuse, drug use, confusion in your life, homelessness, loss of control, codependency, body image, bullying, self-control, mental health, I want you to know that these are things on a long list that I have dealt with very personally. I want you to see the beauty that can spawn from such recovery. I want you to hear my poetry and my words, and I hope that they can be powerful to you. Reach out to me, let's talk. Come talk to me. I'm always willing to reach out through that fence. Maybe there's a book that can help you in this process. Despite what you may think, we all have talents. We all have beautiful personalities, and we all have character defects that we need to work on and develop through our lives. Through failure and through uncomfortable situations, that's how we grow. One key of life is recognizing such defects. Ironing them out is something completely different, but recognizing is a huge first step. To anyone who needs to hear this, there are no depths to which you can travel 
that you cannot rise from again. There is no bottom that can't be climbed from, and no concrete shoes that cannot be shattered, no matter how heavy they may feel to pull you down to the murky depths. I've seen it with my own eyes, and I've lived it with my soul. Yeah, you are you, and the soul is significant. As our body is a cage, so is our mind, and the key? It can so easily be suppressed and squeezed into a small, pulsing orb of white light. But I say to you, uncompress yourself. Let your spirit bounce off the interior walls and push you to positive action. for having a listen let me know what that meant to you I'm always available I'll let a short piece of my music play so we can wind down from that short piece in a few seconds I'll return with uh, our night readers of the week to hear from our readers for this episode. I've spoken with a number of them and received some wonderful responses. I love to hear how books have influenced us. Sometimes it's to physical action or places, to inspire us to try something new or towards a career path, whatever it may be. I believe that reading is one of the most powerful mediums that we can sometimes take for granted. Do you have a picture or a scene in your head from a book that you read that is so clear and concise it seems a memory, almost like you've been there yourself, but it's only a place of imagination. Sometimes these places or scenes can seem real and as anything we've experienced. I want to bring this to the attention of everyone that I can and help youth realize their potential when it comes to creating passions or not I know the younger well generation is not afraid to chase what they love and are passionate about. I'm definitely guilty of this as well. But far too often, I these reservations can consist of the worry of never living up to the art of the past, or maybe even someone they know or look up to, or fear of being judged for their art, fear of being a beginner, fear of failure. What gets to me is the worry of your wonderful art never emerging. And when I say art, I mean many different things. I mean your paintings, your goals, your visions for yourself your passions, your sport, your story, the healthy lifestyle you chased, love, your book, your show or your movie, your game, your journey, your discovery, your voice. I hope more than anything that I can have a positive effect on somebody. That is why I do what I do. It's awesome when my listeners or strangers share their answers with me. I've heard stories of people reading fictional books about doctors and healthcare workers, and in turn becoming a healthcare practitioner themselves when they grow up. I've heard of people living healthier lifestyles, physically and mentally, due to books that they have read. I've seen people inspired to do good, so I would love to share some of these stories with you right now. So let's hear from our night readers. 
what they've said about books that have moved them, and why. And I'll provide you some insight, as well as where you can find these books. Here we go. Our first night reader today is Christy. She's mentioned a book called Knowledge is Power, A Logical Meaning of Life, by Say Labise. She told me this, that in short, it made her look at life in a different perspective. It also enhanced her intellectual capabilities. That in itself is powerful. From what I know of this book, it offers attainable ideas of God, afterlife, our time here on Earth, and what we do with it. It can also expand our views of life, as it did for Christie. This is in line with something I always say here on the show, is that knowledge truly is power. Knowledge can be scary. Yeah, that saying, what you don't know can't hurt you, or the simple mind is at ease, rings true. The more we learn and realize of our world, the more threats we recognize and the more terrors are available to our waking and sleeping hours. In this case, though, I believe all the knowledge given in this book is for the good and has only expanded Christie's view for the better. So, Christy, thank you so much for sharing this with me. I'll be reading it in the future. If anyone has anything to say of this book, let me know. Read on, Christy. Our second night reader today is Kenneth. Kenneth has shared a few titles with me, including The Diary of Anne Frank, Night by Ellie Wiesel, and Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. All of these books had an impact on him, and my favorite thing he shared with me is that the third book he mentioned actually moved him to physical action, something that I find incredibly intriguing. I find it indefinitely beautiful when words on a page can move us physically, whatever that may be. He first mentioned The Diary of Anne Frank, and this is a piece of nonfiction literature I have not mentioned yet on the show, but I'm glad to finally have the chance. It goes without saying that this piece of history is largely important, factual, emotional, terribly sad, and eye-opening piece of work. There is much to be gained from reading this diary, as we learn firsthand the true terrors of the Holocaust of Jewish people during the reign of Nazis in Germany. This is a book that we will all read portions of in school, and sometimes it's hard to understand the weight each and every word carries when you read it as a child. I strongly recommend going back as an adult and feeling and seeing all of these events firsthand, if you're in the right mindset. It can really push you towards more research, being a better person to your fellow human beings, and just understanding warfare and racism and its effects on humanity. I can't help but feel that this rings solid with what is going on in our world right now. Well, what has been going on forever and for I. More on these heavy subjects another time. But Knight Ritter Kenneth has also mentioned another book. A book called Night by Ali Weissel. Might I just mention quickly that I'm very grateful for each and every book mentioned by these readers. Because it helps me grow my to-be-read list. And not just for pleasure reads. Although Kenneth mentioned this book, he didn't mention why he listed it, but I'll tell you just a bit about what I know of it. A work from 1960 by a Romanian-born American author, Ellie Weissel. What I'm learning of this book is that it's considered one of the pinnacle books regarding the Holocaust. It is short and fragmented true narrative about an author caring for his father, who was in declining health, during the end of the Second World War. This book is also the first in the trilogy, Night, Dawn, 
and day. I understand that this book is incredibly heavy when it comes to its themes, and that must be pretty obvious from its content. Loss of faith and much more are the themes that carry through. It appears to be an incredibly personal piece of writing as well. I don't know exactly how, but I know that this book has had a profound impact on many. I love the fact that books are an incredible way of learning about different cultures and struggles of humanity. Thirdly, the book Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, a modern work of fiction released in 2018 and an enormously popular book. It's won many awards and has sold thousands of copies. This book is a telling of a story of two mysterious timelines that eventually intertwine with each other. The book follows themes of love, growth, and more, set in the marshes of North Carolina. This book inspired Kenneth to go out and explore some of these marshes, and that's just really cool. I'm really interested in this book, and it sounds like a wonderful and gripping tale. So thank you so much for your contribution, Kenneth, and read on. Our third night reader today is Wally. He brought to my attention a title that I am excited to share with you all, if you've not heard of it. It is called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, a 1970s work of biography. A 1970s biography laced with fiction. Despite the title, it is not about motorcycle maintenance. It is a philosophical book and delves into the concepts of past lives, equality, how we carry ourselves and the qualities we choose to harbor, and some striking ways of looking at life. One main character has a way of living life where he flows like water. He chooses not to learn about his new motorcycle and how to upkeep it. He chooses not to read the manual for his new motorcycle that teaches him how to upkeep it, but rather deals with the problems as they come and he learns from them. This outlook of life has an effect on the reader and narrator. The book becomes deeper and plays with ideas and philosophies from some of the greatest philosophers of all time, including Plato. I have heard that this book has a profound effect on the reader and really expands your outlook on life. Not only that, but how different our personalities can all be and how that's just fine. Finding our place in this world and being comfortable with the way we approach life and not trying too hard to change others is something I feel lies heavy in this book. Let me know if you think otherwise. Wally tells me that this book helps him reflect and grow as a human each time he reads it. Well, I'm really excited to get my hands on it, Wally. And I hope everyone else enjoys it as well. Wally, thanks so much for your contribution. And read on. Our fourth night reader today is Jordana. Jordana has mentioned to me a book called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I have to outright say that I am super excited to read this book. It seems incredibly gripping and just the type of book that I would adore. It is a work of fiction, released in 1988 and released in English in 1993. It was written in only two weeks and is considered a pinnacle of work in fiction that can provide self-help. I love what the author has said, that he was able to write this book in such a short amount of time because it was already written in his soul. This book is absolutely not a self-help book, though, by any means. It's a work of fiction following a young shepherd who has had a reoccurring dream of discovering treasure in the ancient pyramids. This book has been adapted into theatrical plays and comic books. Jordana tells us that this book has helped her realize that everything and everyone are connected. And whatever's happening to you today, 
which may not make sense right now, in the long run is necessary. I think what she's trying to say is that that voice of innocence inside of us all is often stifled by the harsh realities as we grow. That wonder and curiosity falters. This book has clearly helped her grow her state of consciousness and awareness of herself and others, and I think that's amazing. So thank you so much for your recommendation, Jordana, and read on. Our fifth night reader today is Martha V. Now, this one's very short, but I had to mention it because it just makes me really happy to hear it. There's a set of about 45 short stories published from 1940 to 1960s called Sherry Ames, written by Julie Campbell and Helen Wells. These are fun mystery novels for... These are fun mystery novels that encouraged young women to become nurses in time of war. All harsh things aside, I think these books must have been pretty awesome to have when reading material was scarce, especially for young boys and girls. Martha V. said that these books influenced her a lot as a young woman, and she grew up to become an RN. So books help this woman save lives. I think that's such a wonderful and moving thing. So thank you, Martha, and read on. Night reader number six for today's episode is Rebecca R. She has mentioned to me three titles. The Power of One by Bryce Courtney, a 1989 novel that has been adapted into a successful full-length feature film. The Whitest Flower by Brendan Graham, a 1998 work of fiction carrying very heavy themes. And A Fine Balance, which is a 1995 novel written by Robinson Ministry that follows a number of characters from different backgrounds. In taking a look at the changes in Indian society during the 1940s. All very different books. Now, Rebecca says that all these books really opened her mind to the lives besides her own. It helped her develop her view of humanity as a whole, and to see past her own upbringing. This is something that occurs to us all in some way, shape, or form, when we realize that our normal is not everyone else's normal. This can be incredibly moving to a young mind, and I think these books do incredible jobs at exploring other lives, possibilities, and just so much more that is difficult to put into words. For books to be the thing that opens your mind in such a way is truly incredible to me. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for your recommendation, and read on. Alright, Knights, that's going to wrap up episode 20. Uh, I'm really proud of all 20 episodes that I've created in the last year. I want to keep moving. I'm really, really, really trying hard to figure out my schedule here to be able to get episodes out on a more frequent basis. So if you've been sticking around from the beginning and you know who you are, thank you so very much. If you're just discovering me, please go back and listen to the rest of the episodes. I promise that there's so much there for you to utilize in your life and uh, a lot of inspiration, motivation, and other great positive things like that that you can ingest a lot of things to learn and just cool insights to hear. Um, so I really hope that you join with me on this journey. And uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram or Facebook and where you can see my personal journeys to publication, uh, voice acting, my podcast, stuff like that, and all the other cool things that I like to do. Um, so thank you so much. You can support on Patreon. You can support me on uh, PayPal. You can go leave me positive reviews wherever you listen, subscribe, uh, and all that stuff. As if in stone slabs, these words ring true in their permanence. Pick up these books. 
Fight through them with all of your will. For when you emerge, you're sure to find something changed inside of you. Something that you can only realize by being in the shoes of another. I hope you guys will join me next time. So go on. Drop your swords. Pick up your pens and reading spectacles. Let us read on. Mm-hmm.